D20s. Alignment grids. Several things. Several things. Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. What do you hate? I hate Peter Pan. <laughs> well, good, because this is a podcast, The 69 Things We Hate About Peter Pan. And how to fix and them. And how to fix them. <laughs> uh, one, I need more than just smoother chunky. Yeah, Give that's true. Yeah, yeah, I need a third option somewhere in between smoother chunky. A peanut slurry, if you will. I call it smunky. <laughs> I was trying to call it Chuth. <laughs> Don't do that. It was the ritual of Chuth. Ah, was... the ritual of Chuth. <laughs> Turned out it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to just, I don't know, belittle it. <laughs> well, if we're going off the movie, yeah, yeah. Then you gotta, just got to, at the end of It too, we learned that the, uh, the, the true lesson all along was bullying. <laughs> yeah, bullying. It's how you fix your problems. <laughs> I'm Pennywise the Clown. Oh, you suck, dickhead. Oh. Hey, you're a dumb idiot, oh, clown. No. Oh. Oh. Piece of shit. This is hurting me more than I thought it would. <laughs> you got a tiny dick, clown. I know, it's a family condition. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fear. Oh. So, uh, Anyway, this is actually the things we hate about Dungeons and Dragons and how to fix them. Yes, indeed. We promised when we were in the pre-phase of selling the book that for every verified pre-order of our book, we would do one thing that we dislike about D&D and how to fix it. Now, I actually have different totals between verified and like the author portal thing I can log into to see how our book is selling. So I'm only going by verified because I don't want to do hundreds and hundreds of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's people who may have like pre-ordered multiple copies. Yeah. Or they and bought only it. But they, the one. they bought it outside of the existence of our little yeah, pre-order scheme. They didn't know scheme. about this thing. Yeah. So or care. But that's okay because uh, their lack of knowledge is our gain, as we're going to do precisely a certain number of these. Yeah, a pretty nice round number. One might say the number is pretty nice. One might say it's. Nice. Yeah. One might actually say that there were 68, and we decided to bump it up by one because we're cool dudes. Because <laughs> we're cool dudes. <laughs> or one might say there were 70, and we went, nah, fuck this one. <laughs> some, some poor person who pre-ordered, we're like, your contribution is irrelevant. Get out. <laughs> no. No, there were actually 68, and I added one because... Because, you know... Some numbers are better than other numbers. Some numbers. You get a free bonus number. Yeah, you get a, you get an extra one because, you know, the sex number is... Yeah, is, it's funny. It's, it's funny. funny it's, sex it's the number. funny sex number. And it's not like I wanted to do the 419 pre-orders that we actually got. That, <laughs> that'd that be crazy. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> crazy go nuts. So, uh, so what we did is uh, started up a little list and we just went in there and started typing stuff in. So, uh... We kind of tried to group things together, but know that there is going to be some parts where we just start swinging wildly on subject. Uh, that is true, and and we're gonna we're gonna number them and everything. I might even put like music stings in here for you know the numbers as we go through. Oh, for sixty nine of them, probably not. Yeah, I wonder if I could find that like old radio and you know number ten kind of thing and just do that. Uh, now, country coming in at number ten, and then because they probably only I'm do those, Casey Kasem. they probably only do those two ten. I'd have to use like number six, nine, and that, <laughs> and, and I feel like that'd be not great. So maybe not. Who knows? I do. You do. You know how we're gonna go. I, and, I know. And how ultimately, you're we're do not this. gonna do any of that because we're lazy. Hell yeah! <laughs> and this is look. This is already extra work. <laughs> <laughs> Take what you get. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, here we go. So uh, how do you want to start, John? Uh, I think we're just going to go down the list. So uh, first one in there I put in was the buy-in price of three goddamn books. Yes, that is a, it's an industry standard as far as Dungeons & Dragons is concerned and has been for quite a long time. Yes, and it's to me it's a very strange thing because there's a lot of stuff that you'd think... You could probably get away with, say, 
two books. Like the DMG doesn't need to be its own damn book. Oh yeah, and there are like fourth edition, for example. They made it so that the first DMG that came out, you didn't need it. Like it was just there was just advice in there. It was very skippable. Yeah. Um, but then but usually they put in things where it's like, what's this? Oh, it's all the rules on how to make traps. There's a bunch of magic items. Mm-hmm. There's. Uh, I know third edition put the Paragon, uh, the first prestige classes were in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird thing, and I feel like it's an example of a lot of what we're going to be getting into about things to dislike on D&D is I feel like they're just doing it because that's the way it has been done. Yeah, that's true. It's momentum more than anything else. Yeah, it's and- just, oh, if we didn't put out a PHB, a DMG, and a monster manual, everyone would be like, what? And the other thing you run into, basically, most of these books, when you're buying them on you know Amazon or what have you, they're, they're like 40 to 50 bucks each. Oh, yeah. So you're looking at a $120 to $150 generic buy-in for at least one of the players at the table. Yes. Um, That's th- assuming that only one person wants to get them, and <sighs> probably you want to have at least one more, but... Mm. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing, and this is why this is... A, a, it's funny, because we're starting with this subject, but this is one where I'm kind of iffy on it personally, uh, and that's because I like people in the industry getting paid for the work they do, yeah, but uh, I don't like Mike Merle's getting paid for what he does. He is like eleven <laughs> of the items on this list. We don't we don't need to worry about him uh, right now. I uh, but I mean the the thing, thing is it, it's weird to me that people want to play role playing games and then they balk at the costs of them. But then everyone has this. Yeah, it's it's real sad to me that people are like, oh, I'm willing to throw like hundred and fifty dollars at Wizards of the Coast for these three books mm-hmm. and something that has just as much probably far more work gone into it for some other game and they're like please buy this for 20 and people are like "Ooh, why don't you sell that for five Mm, you should put that up at the pay what you want level yeah you're not dungeons and dragons (laughs) so i think that's just something i dislike and mostly the how you fix it is just dmg doesn't need to be its own book stop with the honestly the monster manual doesn't should be its own book but also there should be a monster manual in the php i mean the big thing with if i can go to fourth ed dnd i and I'll, i'll allow it yeah is it had at the end of its life a entire thing of these are the basic stats for a monster on um, a business card. Right. The oh, the, well, that wasn't made by Wizards of the Coast no. specifically. It was just made by an. By but a what I'm saying fan, is, yeah. the math was there. Yeah, it, it, the whole game, the the monsters of Fourth Edition were more or less, you know, mapped an al- out, and an, then they an had powers. <laughs> yeah, and they were easy to design and so on. But you look at almost any other industry standard book. You know, you look at your riffs or exalted whatever you want to say most of them are like oh there's a section in here on how to be the dm and then towards the back there's a little bestiary and then you can buy more of those books if you would like to in the future exactly and, th- and there's no reason that D isn't that way except for raw momentum and generic greed yes mm-hmm. and honestly i'm just not especially a huge fan of when you can walk into a store buy a nerd thing get it home be all excited about it and then find out that you need like seven more nerd things before you have a thing yeah, I, know I mean, that, as someone that worked at a nerd store, yeah, like the times when some mom would come in and be like, "Oh, my my son, I want to." He's talking about the Dungeons and Dragons. What do I need? And I'd be like, "This book, this book, this book, these dice." She'd be like, "Oh, okay, never mind." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I understand that's kind of a, a specific take uh, thing to say about D anD D that actually kind of encompasses a lot of nerd hobbies. Like, it's really hard to walk into the store and walk out able to play forty k. Yes. And that's uh, that's more or less by design. Even the smaller companies that that have tried to like you know for a long time their privateer press you could buy their starter box and play the game, and you still can. Yeah. Uh, but and that has nothing to do with D and D. No, I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm going. I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. This is going to take forever. And uh, yeah, I, I that's why apologize. we got to keep it tight. Okay, we're going to keep it high and tight, like a, <laughs> like a haircut. So number two is another one of mine, mostly griping about <laughs> the change from. 4e to 5e but that's the D beyond and it's a thing i hate about D because we had D insider D insider was a subscription service mm-hmm. uh, at its most expensive it was ten dollars a month mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it unlocked 
everything, though. Yeah. It was a character builder that had all of the information of every supplement, anything they put out, anything they put in a magazine. Mm -hmm. Like, it was comprehensive. Yeah, and it all interrelated immediately in the character builder and so on. So you you could really, once you had it, you could do so much. Now, D&D Beyond is an a la carte book buying system Mm -hmm. that is just for the online which means if i buy the physical copy i can't it doesn't come with code yeah yeah, i can't just go like hey i bought one of these give me it online you'd have to buy it again at full price Mm -hmm. there's no discount for having it on D &D beyond yeah that'd be very hard for them to manage so they just didn't yeah the if you wanted sort of the same just character building functionality that you got out of D&D Insider on D&D Beyond, it would currently cost you over $300. Yeah, oh, to buy enough stuff? To buy enough stuff to have that. That's saying we don't buy any of the supplements that are adventures. Mm-hmm. We don't do anything but just like source books. Right. Because I remember, and this is this is kind of a inside baseball thing. We did an event for Wizards of the Coast once where we went and played a uh, like a one-hour AP session where we were all gnomes. Uh, and it, you would have been gotten a chance to see it on on uh, on their Twitch stream, except that it went down. It went down in the middle of the performance, and so and by the middle, I mean the very beginning. That's correct. Yeah, and so so it was a huge waste of everyone's time, and we did it because we thought Mike Merles was more or less under orders to shut the hell up. Uh, and since then, he started talking again. So I don't know if that's. Uh, but anyway, one of the rewards we got for that weekend we spent in Los Angeles for one hour's worth of work was a, a key. That unlocked everything on D and D Insider forever. Yeah, D and D Beyond. D and D Beyond forever for one person. For one person, uh, which is good enough because you can share that that password just fine. But I mean, I, I, obviously we don't. Obviously ever. not. Of course not. I mean, it, actually we don't. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I I, I do not share. We we, uh, we are not sharing it. That's we could yes. be. We actually aren't. Damn it! Why, why aren't we good criminals? <laughs> We are bad criminals. Damn it. Okay, well, anyway, I mean, I did steal a hat. <laughs> now, how you would fix the fact that you have to pay $300 for character build options, mm-hmm. I mean, one would be allow you to get the code for buying the physical book. Extremely hard to do, uh, because ultimately, if the code's in the book, then people are just going to steal it in the store. I know. But you'd have to have it be like... The books are shrink-wrapped. Yeah. Well, no, it would be, oh, you like a gift card once you buy it then it gets told okay this code has ah, been bought yeah that's true and you that can redeem work. it once yeah but that'd be really hard and plus it, w- it would uh reduce the the uh resale market of the books to to almost nothing because someone would have well, already redeemed still get the, code. the book yeah that's true that's true uh the other way of course is to go back to the subscription method which is where i would recommend it yes back. yeah uh the and I feel like they could still be, you know, kind of greedy about it. Just split it up into like, what's this? Oh, we have one subscription that's just the character builder. And we have one that's like the adventure GM tools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you could charge for that. But even then, right now, it would be like 30 months before you paid as much as you would if you bought it now. Yeah. Doing the subscription. And that's assuming you kept your subscription active for 30 months. Well, the original reason I was going into that roundabout tale about going to Los Angeles and being bad thieves uh, is because they told us when they gave us the key that it was currently valued at over $800. Yeah. They, they were giving us more than $800 worth of material, which told me that you could go on there and spend $800 on D&D products right now. Yes, there is the legendary bundle that you can buy at D&D Beyond that mm-hmm. is about $800. Yeah. And... Hey, but here's the thing. If you spend that, you get 15% off any future supplements that you buy there. <laughs> hip, hip, hooray. Now, that's mostly a bunch of adventure paths and stuff like that, which I assume you can just read as PDFs. They don't They don't really contribute anything to the, uh, you know. No. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Go back to the subscription model would be the simplest way to do it. Yeah. Um, but also, man, I, I really, if you're going to do the thing where you have the book on there, let me get a code. Let me get something. Yeah. Some way. They should be, a, I mean, at least a little cheaper, I guess, because saving on printing costs. I don't know. I, I don't. I, th- this is a, a nebulous one for me. Luckily, yeah. that's why you're here. Yeah. I am here to say the things that I put on the list. Mm-hmm. So, meh. Uh, number three, cultural saturation. Yeah, I think I put this one here. Yeah. Uh, 
cultural saturation basically in this case to me is that there are people you know how in the south people say coke when they want a soda (laughs) yes yeah that's that's what cultural saturation is where people say D and D when they just mean role playing games. Yeah, you guys playing a D and D? Uh huh. And that's, I mean, it's not their fault. No. It, although at this point it kind of is because they're trying to make that the case. But, but like, uh, you, it, it's got this ubiquity to it where it, it's just sort of the. It, it's hard to get past it. It's the standard. It's hard to move away from it. There are people out there attempting to hack D and D to play like Star Wars, which it's done in the past. There was a third edition version of it. Yeah. No, the. The cultural saturation of it is both a thing I hate and don't. I mean, I don't hate it because at least role-playing is out in the universe Mm -hmm. that people are knowing about it. It's the saturation to the point of knocking everything else out. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is that when you look at like Roll Twenty, for example, they've got metrics where you can see how many games are played of any given game. It's like ninety six percent of games on Roll Twenty or Fifth Edition D anD D. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how you would fix that. Uh, there's no real way to fix it beyond. It's not a problem that D anD D has. It's a problem that the world has. So, listeners, try hey. more. Try more games. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for putting that on the list. <laughs> uh gee maybe all my problems are are maybe i did this maybe your t- problems are all with people and not D D. I mean i don't care for people especially I do hate people there is yeah. that uh, okay people they're not dogs that's no, that's number four on the list uh, number five cats are not dogs <laughs> uh so number four the idea that it is a generic system. This ties right back into to, uh, cultural saturation, where, where you can be like, hey guys, I'm trying to find a good game to play like a high school romance anime uh, investigation thing. Yeah, you're like, hey, I really love the idea of running something that's, you know, kind of like one of those sports animes where it's, mm-hmm. you know, high drama, but you've also got to be able to do like competitions and stuff, and everyone's like... Just do it in D&D. Just hack D&D, duh. Whatever, I mean, I guess the person who plays the f- forward in your basketball team is a fighter obviously and you're like <laughs> do not fucking do this i think my favorite thing i see in the people assuming it's a generic or, or highly rescanable system uh, which you know you can rescan anything to do anything so that's let's go ahead and say that that's fair nah, that's not true but uh <laughs> th- i saw for example just a couple days ago a guy who was like oh my, i'm working on playing a fourth edition or fifth edition game where it's the avengers so obviously Iron Man is going to be an artillerist artificer, uh, and but the hard one for me is Wolverine, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I mean, why are you doing that? I, I especially, <laughs> hey, did you know superhero RPGs exist and you could just do that? <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> no, it's got to be D and D. What I found amusing was that they were running right into a brick wall with it immediately. They were like, well, okay, Iron Man is an art of artillerist artificer, and I was like, well, can he fly? Because I mean, I guess with a fly spell. That's that's as close as he's getting, huh? And they're like, well, the, pro- the real hard one's Wolverine because he needs to have regeneration and berserker rages and claws. And I was like, just re- re- just do a barbarian and reskin the sword into claws. Well, no, because because he's, there's two claws. There's there is six claws. <laughs> he's got so many claws. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Are both his hands full of weapon? Then he has two hands worth of weapon. It'll do the same damage. Fuck off. Uh, so, yes, the way that you fix the idea that it is a generic system is motherfuckers quit telling people <laughs> it is a generic system. Yeah, for the love of God. This is another one where it's not D&D, it's you. Hey, you, quit telling people to, <laughs> to run things that aren't D&D and D&D. It's really egregious whenever someone is, like we said, asking for a suggestion for some very specific thing that mm-hmm. is not D&D. Hey guys, I want to run a Danganronpa game. Just do it in 5e. Oh, wow, what an interesting suggestion. What is 5th edition? I've never heard of that. Uh, if yeah. only it had achieved cultural saturation. <laughs> uh, we're going with another thing here with the problem of D&D that is people. The fact that people can have 15 pages of house rules and still never look elsewhere, which does tie into the generic system thing. Uh, I I kind of... uh, Go ahead. Explain. There are people who are like, look, D&D is a generic system and you can use it for anything. And that's terrible. But there's also people who are like, no, D&D is a perfect game. As long as you use these 20 pages of house rules. Yeah, that's that's a lot of a rose-colored glasses concern. I mean, sure, it also come, crops up in 5th edition, but to me, I mostly see that with people who are like, I remember the good old days of playing in 1st edition. That was the real man's game. And then you're like, okay, well, did you use weapon speed or uh, encounter? Uh, it Like, uh, it 
mood modifiers on encounter tables? Was everything you fought psionic? No, we we didn't use any of that shit. We were just you know playing D anD. d It's like yeah, that great. You did you piled a ton of house rules in there then i mean even fifth edition i have gone on and seen like reddit threads where people go hey i'm not happy with some aspect Mm -hmm. in fact several things that are going to be on this list and they're like how do i make sure that that's not a problem or how do i fix that and they're like oh check my document i currently have a google document with 20 pages of my house rules and i'm like how does a person get to a google document of 20 pages of house rules and still think oh, this is the game for me. This is the game I want to play. You know how whenever you find a problem with your computer, you go online and you Google the problem and you find some forum, and the first person on the forum always says, like, list all the specs of your computer, please. Yeah. And it feels pointless where they're like, yeah, my motherboard, blah, blah, blah. Just who gives a shit? Uh, I, but when D&D forums, I feel like that's completely essential because you'll see people come in and go, like, I feel like wizards aren't very good. How can I make my wizard better? And you're like, I don't know, memorize better spells? Well, it's, I don't get enough spells. What do you mean? Just take rests. Oh, you see, in my game, a short rest is eight hours, and a long rest is weak. <laughs> okay, well, that's why wizards suck. That's so, Someone made a house rule that <laughs> fucked everything. You buried the lead a lot. And that comes up a lot in, in like trying to help people fix D&D. Is you have to dig through all these weird house rules. That you- yeah, and the way you fix that is... If you want to play D&D, play D&D. If you want the system to be different, or you want it to do a different thing, different games exist. Yeah, we'll or, or if you house rule, don't assume everyone else knows what the fuck you're talking about. Because there's lots of... I mean, the one game we play in, are, it's always house rule to have a bonus feed at the start of the game, because they fucked that up in 5th edition real bad. I'm sure that'll come up at some point in the future. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Quit bringing things up, man. You're going off topic. I never... What if I ever stayed on topic for even a second? <laughs> If I were to stay on topic throughout the course of this episode, people would be upset with us. People would be like, hey, is is this the cry for help? Are you being kidnapped? Is this how we know that you need to be saved? Is Jeff stayed on topic the whole time? We haven't managed to make a show for six years and actually build a life off the Patreon for it. Sorry, Patreon for it and so on by people enjoying my nice, normal, not weird brain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Number six, theater of the mind. <laughs> Just quit pretending it's a thing. Just knock it off, everybody. In every single goddamn edition of D&D, including third ed, mm-hmm. it's there. This is a game about minis and your rules for five feet are all squares. <laughs> when fourth edition codified that, everyone got... Everyone lost their shit. Fucking... Just absolutely shit boggled. And I love that they didn't change it for fifth edition at all. No. Like, like at all. There's still five foot steps. There's still movement measured in inches. There's still uh, the, the uh, spells are still like, oh, I affect this kind of area. It is literally the same thing. The only thing they did, they did different and that the Internet for some reason swallowed like a pill with some cheese on it was that they put the word optional yeah. in front of it. They're it's, like, oh, everything is still five foot increments. It's still the exact same thing that maps onto the same map. Mm-hmm. You still would need to use miniatures if you had all wanted any of these abilities to be more than just mother may i Mm -hmm. but uh i guess you don't have to do it and the internet was like thank you for justifying my dumb weird way of playing this yeah i like playing this game in a way that makes half the classes broken and i appreciate that the completely mandatory system in your game says optional in front of it thank you for that 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 made the difference that's the teamwork that makes the dream work (laughs) how to fix it is Understand that D&D is not a theater of the mind game. It is not made with theater of the mind in mind. Nope. (laughs) It was built from the ground up as a tactical game where you moved minis around. I remember seeing a guy a while back. He was like, he was like, I want to get back to the roots of D&D when it was the theater of the mind system. It was like the roots of the D&D, the roots of D&D are called chainmail and they're a war game. You ding dong. Yeah, it's. It is weird that that has soaked in as much as it has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, given that we all know the exact history of D&D, like, yeah. it's a culturally understood thing. Oh, it started in 1974, blah, 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 based on a series of naval war games. It's just, how do people willfully ignore that? I don't know. <sighs> Probably just, because when they were a kid, they didn't have the money for miniatures, so mm-hmm. they had to do Theater of the Mind, and then they just assumed that's how the game played. And it's funny because if you like Theater of the Mind, there are dozens of games that are specifically that. Yes, that are like, oh, we have, you know, concepts of range bands, so mm-hmm. you don't need to track where everyone is. We built this with that in mind, unlike D&D. 
<laughs> but, you know, that cultural saturation sticking point keeps coming right back up. <sighs> Number seven, alignment. The actual system, the grid. Yeah, there are two alignment entries here, and that's the first one. Uh, the alignment system is outdated and based on a weird book series. Ba- well, written by a guy who should not be telling you about morals. Yeah, I mean, the law chaos axis being very specifically the Stormbringer stuff mm-hmm. means people have bought into, for some reason, this being a very clear and you know, very normal way to think about morality. And I'm like, it's not the second you start questioning, like even last night talking about what it means to be lawful. Good. You're like, everyone has a different thing that they think lawful good is. Some people are going to say, Oh, it means you follow every law ever, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Even if the law is fascism, Yeah, You're like, well, no law lawful. Good just means I like order and I like things to be, you know, structured and done well. Mm-hmm. Oh no. What law means it's like, fucking this is you don't need this system how you fix it is fucking get rid of it and your players play how they play yeah and that's how a lot of players do they just don't write down their alignment until they're called on something and there were so many problems with that before when you'd be like all right well my my character does mud like that doesn't sound like something a whatever character would do. That's literally... I had friends growing up in high school and college who would only play Chaotic Neutral or Chaotic Evil, not because they had an interest in being edgelords or anything, but specifically so that they couldn't get called out on alignment traps. Exactly. Because the second you were good, you'd be like, oh, I do something questionable. And they'd be like, that's not a thing a good person would do ever. Yeah. But if you're like evil and you're like, oh, I'll rescue that puppy. An evil person wouldn't rescue a puppy. An evil person might. Yeah. And even per- they, it's not like they're evil against puppies. You don't know. Don't question my nonsense. It's I'm part, evil. It's part of my master plan. <laughs> Later, I'm going to kill this puppy. <laughs> With but kindness. It, but it'll be by my hand that this puppy dies. Uh, yeah, alignment system. Uh, maybe don't. It's just. I mean, plus, like we were, I was saying earlier, the history behind the alignment system is that it comes from Gygax, who defended lawful good as the kind of person who kills Native American babies because of the nits make lice theory. <laughs> Uh, woof yeah he is not a good moral example to follow his alignment system is shitty there you go so there you have it the next one uh is, this is part of the cultural issue alignment the jokes <laughs> things to hate about D is all of the well what's the alignment of batman mm-hmm. that's that's for me yes that's you that's the thing i hate about D is that it's created a whole list of i mean is there any good D meme uh, I don't know. Maybe there no, might at no, some point no, have been. No, there's not. There's never one. They're all bad because they're usually usually they're all about glorifying old ass ideas of what a DM is. Well, whenever you normally see old, it's yeah. glorifying rolling a twenty or rolling a one. That's also true. Yeah, so many of those. It's like I want to fuck that dragon. Oh, I got a twenty. You I get to fuck the dragon. You now. fuck the dragon. Yay! With alignment, it's the same thing. It's like what's the alignment of a sandwich? I'm just like, I, you can fucking keep it. I'm not, I don't care for this format. So there you go. I know mine are worse than John's. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and the fix is also just get rid of alignment so you can't make dumb jokes about exactly, it. Exactly. That works. Although it's too late now. It's too late. Because those jokes did not slow down during fourth edition where the, where the well, alignment fourth was. Well, fourth edition didn't even get rid of all of it. They cut out like three of them. Yeah. There were like five alignments left out of the original nine. Ugh. It was a weird decision. Um, anyway. So, number nine, getting into the real meat and potatoes here, ability scores. Go fuck yourself. We don't need them. Yeah, they re- we really don't at this point. When the Adventures League model in D&D, as it does right now, runs entirely off the standard array, like you have to use the array, that means that there's a right answer. You're like, how do you play a fighter? Well, there's a right way to do it because you have an array. So you put this stat here and you put this stat here and it's optimized. You can fiddle around with where the 12 and the 10 and the 8 go. Yeah, the the problem is all of them are... Like, oh, I've got a 16 and whatever. Okay, but what does that practically mean during the game? Oh, I've got a plus three. Okay, you don't need to write 16 down because nothing will ever care if you have a 16 or a 17. There's just a plus three. Yeah, now there are a couple of exceptions to that, which is just part of how this whole system is a little muddy and could be cleared out. Like having your constitution in hit points as opposed to your constitution modifier. Although that might have been. Although that was only fourth fourth. edition. Yeah. Because they tried to do something to make it, which was uh, your your odd odd numbers are your prerequisites for things. 
and we made con the actual thing. But in fifth ed, which is what we are talking about, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Oh, so we're just talking about D and D. No, we're talking about fifth ed D and D. Maybe you are. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, I am. And I you am are talk- talking about ephemera. I'm talking about a time <laughs> I stole a hat or something. Yeah. No, my 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 hates are very different. <laughs> Loose and weird, like my poop. So for me, death to ability scores, just give the plus or minus. That's all you actually need. It's all anyone looks at. Mm-hmm. I know everyone's going to be very sad that they can't write down an 18 anymore because that was great back, you know, when I was 12, that I had an 18-0-0, you guys. You guys, I had it. Yeah, yeah. That that The whole thing where, where most people's old characters, when, when they're like, oh, I have a fun story to tell you about a character I played once, I rolled two 18s, and you're like, Okay, either that's incongruously like l- lucky or you cheated or whatever. I'm glad you're telling me old stories about a time where some numbers were a thing. Yeah, you rolled well. Great. Mm-hmm. No, that's not even really how you do it anymore. So it, Plus, it gets worse when people are like, well, I've built this perfect random system to give me the exact stats I want. I roll 3d6 72 times, <laughs> arrange that into a 9x6 grid. <laughs> uh, yeah, the amount of things that people will come up with to take the randomness out of rolling but still want to roll yeah they still want to roll randomly but they want to be guaranteed that they don't have anything below an eight or any and they have at least one or two 18s yeah it's it's i mean just own up to it and that's another thing where the solution is super simple even without fixing D, which we could you know just own up to that you want some good stats and you want to play kind of a heroic hero instead of being like i rolled this it's a random thing where i get to play a powerful guy <laughs> Just be like, I just put down two 18s because I wanted them. Fuck you. Uh, there you go. Uh, number 10, racial stat bonuses. Ew. Yeah, please. There's going to, this is this is going to come up a lot. There's a lot of race essentialism in D&D. Yep. But the ability score tie-in for this, where it's like, oh yeah, you get, you know, a plus two to dex and a minus two to constitution or something if you're an elf. Mm-hmm. But I'm playing a hero. The hero should be whatever it is. If I'm an especially brilliant half-orc wizard, I shouldn't be like, oh, but I also have to take a minus two in intelligence. Mm -hmm. No, because I'm the especially brilliant one. I'm a PC. (laughs) I should be whatever the fuck I am. Yeah, I I can see that. That's fair. I've always been more of an advocate of moving the racial stat bonuses over to the classes. Which is the fix for me. Yeah, it's the easiest fix in the world. Where's the plus two intelligence go? wizard it's it's so simple why does it go there because that way you don't fuck up and not put your because then you can pick whatever you want and still have the bonus you wanted yeah i was seeing this thing the other day was like okay well why don't we just get rid of ability scores entirely you don't even pick a raise when you pick your class you just get your maximum whatever the maximum bonus would currently be we just assume that you played the game right during character (laughs) creation and it's just okay i play i'm playing as a wizard great you get plus four to wizard stuff I am plus four to wizard. And the co- people were like, well, that would mean that two elf wizards are identical. And I'd be like, I was like, yeah, pretty much, because really the only thing that it would be different would be one of them would be 5% better than the other one. Yeah. The only difference between two elf wizards is currently one of them fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just need to create new ways for difference to show between two similar characters than very tiny mathematical variations. Yeah. Being like, oh, yes, well, of course, a human could never be the greatest wizard in the world because they don't get a bonus to intelligence. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, man. Yeah, it should just be tied to the class. I mean, I know a lot of other games already work that way, but that's such an obvious thing for D&D. The moment they move to array as the standard... For, for stat generation. Oh, yeah. That's just... They're like, that's it's a, a ray or point by. Yeah. Great. Then don't worry about what a race has. All you're doing is giving me the stats that yeah. I need, array. and then put them in the fucking class. Yeah. Array is basically a half measure. The The full measure would be, there aren't stats in this game. You're good at the thing your class does. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you have it. Uh, looks like the next one after racial stat bonuses is charisma equals beauty. Yeah, that's mostly a house rule thing, but it's also just sort of a cultural saturation. Yeah, it, it, it's a it, it's a cultural saturation problem, but it also comes up a lot in people's NPC designs. Yes. You're like, oh, I want to make someone that's hot. That means I have to have a high charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> that's not true at all. There are very uncharismatic people that are hot. Mm-hmm. And also, <sighs> it's sort of tied into that. It's not another one. 
But then people who are like, but I need to make comeliness a stat then. If oh, charisma yeah. isn't, I need to know how pretty I am. Yeah, and comeliness, of course, might as well boil down to dick slash boob size uh, <sighs> whenever I've ever seen it used. Oh, yeah. It's always like, oh, she's got a comeliness score of 18. She's got bazongas. <laughs> I mean, I've literally seen people's house rules where it's like, what's a comeliness score of 17 translate to in cup size? <laughs> what's a comeliness score of 17? It's dick. <laughs> I got dick for days. <laughs> days and nights. Yeah, that one's a simple one. Just, you know, don't do that. Characters can look however they want to look like. Mm-hmm. If you want to be, like, some weird-looking dude who has a charisma of 18, great. You're very compelling. If you want to be a big old himbo, that's fine. You can be like, my character looks gorgeous, and the second anyone talks to him, they're like, ooh, oh, oh ooh, no. I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, this one gets fixed by fixing the death to ability scores thing we already talked about. Yeah. Uh, if charisma's not in there for as a measuring stick for how large someone's bra is, then <laughs> then people will, by nature, stop doing it. Although, at this point, of course, they will not. No. The landslide has begun. <laughs> and uh, it'll bring you down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one after that is racial alignment suggestions. Ooh, once again, just like the racial ability scores... Racial alignment is one of the worst things in the world for D&D when they're like, oh, of course, all orcs are evil. Don't you know that they are dirty savages? Mm -hmm. And it's fine if you kill a baby. Mm -hmm. It's well, obviously, because they're going to grow up to be evil. Yeah, they cannot be anything else. Mm -hmm. Now, this has already kind of faded over the years, uh, but it's still a problem that crops up on a regular basis that, that the game has the good guy races, which are the ones you can play as. And the bad guy races, which are bad guys, and they, you, you, you fight against them. And often, the, the bad guy races tend to have signifiers that are kind of old, multi-layered holdovers for certain ethnic groups. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're like, what is this? Oh, it's a weird dragon, mm-hmm. and it just wants to eat things. You're like, oh, that's a mindless beast. Even then, I wouldn't call it evil. It's just sort of, you know, Mol- hungry and yeah. doesn't have morality. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's orcs. We have coded them to be very specifically, like, African. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. They're all evil. Uh, Eh, Also, they're sitting on some very good land, if you were interested. (laughs) Uh, They've got some great arable land over there. Well, let me ask you a quick question about orcs. Do they have a flag? (laughs) They do. Oh, shit. Okay, well, never mind then. Well, is it a proper British flag? No. Okay, well, there there's, wasn't... No, there's not a Union Jack to be seen. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's been even, a constant even problem. Even in 5th Ed, they're still like, oh, I wanted to play a tiefling. Now, tieflings tend towards being evil. I'm like, no, tieflings are people. They tend towards whatever they are. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I can... I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Uh, the, the, uh, the idea that tieflings are descended from demons does have some kind of merit to it. But, I mean, the problem is it's a PC thing for me, where you're like, well, keep in mind that tieflings tend towards evil, so your character's going to be weird. It's like, yeah, duh, of course he is. He's a PC. Yeah. He's a special tiefling. Yeah, and, oh, wouldn't you know it, every drow character ever is drizzed, and yes, all of the drow are always evil, except for mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, guess what? Drow are a huge problem. I mean, (laughs) you don't have to worry about the alignment score to determine whether or not drow are a problem. Yeah, drow's a big old problem. Yeah. I like that even even one of my favorite settings, uh, Eberron, was like, well, let's fix drought, because honestly, subterranean black cave people is, uh, well, we'll put them in a jungle. <laughs> Oops. Oh, they worship scorpions instead of spite. Oh, no. Uh, uh. <laughs> They're super tribal. <laughs> Great. Oh, all right. Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. Now, right. we are, we've got a section here that is several different ones that are just sort of specific classes that I'm going to have a problem with and that I will bring up and talk about a solution. Okay. The first one uh, is fighters. This is number 13. Yeah. Fighters, specifically in D&D 5th edition, the problem I have is there's one path that is interesting Mm -hmm. and then wrong options. (laughs) (laughs) And even... Some of the other things that you could be that are, like, statistically fine, mm-hmm. 
like champion. Yeah, you're like, oh, but this just gives me some static bonuses. I don't do anything. And the idea that a fighter should just be the I swing a sword class. Hi, who would think that uh, the guy who took the fourth edition fighter and turned it into guy who charges every turn would be a bad choice to rewrite the fighter in general? Yeah. I would love to see a fighter baseline thing just be those uh the dice the dice yeah and that's what it was in the playtest back when D fifth edition was still D next uh all fighters got the uh the battle dice uh the as a uh, a class a feature and not as one of the three paths yes they you you could watch in real time if you followed the D next track as they made the fighter worse with each passing uh, like oh yeah they're like oh we're gonna take an amount of dice away all right, we're going to change the type of dice you use. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're just siloing the dice off into a different yeah. thing. We're restricting what you can spend the dice on. You can no longer spend them on other people. Okay, now they're gone. <laughs> yeah, it's it was one way in which fighters were able to very functionally affect the battlefield mm-hmm. and have it still feel different and unique to being that class. Mm-hmm. Uh for those people who were like, oh, fourth ed was fighting magic. I'm like, okay, fine. These are just dice. Flavor it however you want to. And even then, D&D was still like, nah, we shouldn't give fighters interesting options. Yeah, they made a, a very specific decision to pair the fighter back. And I, I'm kind of flipping my way down the list right now to see if the little brother problem is its own issue in here. So so that I don't I don't waste it now <laughs> because that's that's what the problem was that was uh the, oh, yeah you the, fix fighter by not having the design idea in the first place be this is for people who just want to roll a d20 and say I did damage yeah yeah that the idea that there needs to be a special class in the game for oh that, there it is it's number 24 uh so so we're saving that for later but yeah that's that's where the fighter in particular has always been the weak classes they're like yeah this is the one that's the little brother class yeah, it's too simple. Give them the ability to use those battle master dice mm-hmm. for everything. Make it so that they've actually got the ability to affect stuff. I would want their dice to be able to be used for other people, mm-hmm. used for interesting things. I'd use them against the enemy. That'd be the best thing to do. And have an out of combat use for them as well. Be yeah. like, hey, not only am I an amazing uh person at fighting, but because I am a skilled warrior, I also know how to intimidate people with my dice and yeah. do stuff like that. Or heck, I'm because I'm using this my fighter class to play as Hercules, I'll use them to bend a mighty river to clean a stable out. <laughs> bend a mighty river. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Or I don't know, scare off some Stymphalian birds. I guess that's using the Intimidate score, isn't it? Hey. Hey. Uh, number 14, Wizards. Fuck them. Fucking Wizards of the Coast, man. Am I right? Boy, yeah, it's wizards just Wizards of the, of the coast. coast in general. <laughs> <laughs> no. When I say Wizards, I want you to say, oh, Wizards. Wizards. I assume you said it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I know you didn't mean me because no. I, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, wizards have always had the problem except in fourth ed where (laughs) they had the too much good stuff problem except at like levels one through four like you had to pay your dues as a level one through four wizard and then you hit five and all of a sudden you were amazing and you just never stopped exponentially growing yeah and my main issue with wizards that i want to talk about is too many types of spells they do too many things. That's in, Okay, yeah, I can see that. Because when you look at the other flavors of casters, mm-hmm. they have specific sort of themes to the spell lists they get. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an idea of what you're getting when you make a warlock. Yeah. Or if you make a bard. You understand the types of spells you're getting. A wizard is just... Oh, I wanted to have the grab bag of all magic. Yes, uh, and they've they've made intimations towards fixing it in the past. With like, oh, there's schools of magic. There's abjurers and conjurers and enchanters and what have you. But uh, even if you choose one of those, you maybe lose one or two of the other schools, and you still have everything else. Yeah, and I mean, even now in Five E, you can pick like, oh, I'm definitely in a uh, diviner because it's got the best, uh, like daily bonus thing that I can do. Yes, but it doesn't 
change the spells you cast or the fact that you have access to a bajillion different options, many of which are just fight ending. Yes. And, you know, it's the, well, that was going to be my complaint. I didn't know if we had that listed somewhere lower as well would be. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Number no, 20. no, it's, it's down there. It's I'm down saying there. wizards. Yeah. My problem with wizards is just spell list. OK, that's fair. It's huge. And they need to have a theme. Wizard should not just be magic guy. Yeah. Like, it should be a thing. Well, if you, you just look at any given wizard in, in fictional history where it's like, uh, you know, your Gandalfs or your Merlins or whatever, and none of them are like, oh, I can cast rope trick. That's not a, that's not a hard spell or anything. Anyone can cast anything. Once you're a wizard, you're set. Yeah. Like, Gandalf casts like three spells. Pretty much all wizards have a thing that they are into. Yeah. And that should be a thing for wizards. That's just me. That's fair. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with that. Uh, okay. Looks like number fifteen is monks. Yo, monks is bad. Uh, monks have been bad in every edition, e- even fourth edition, where they were not the best, but they were they were all right. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I don't know why they are terrified to let punching a guy do damage. It's the weirdest thing. They keep being like, okay, so how do we do punching a guy? Oh, well, it'll have to be a weird scaling thing. They're the Incrementally, t- you'll be able to get better until by the time you're level 12, why you punch like you had a long sword. Great. The fighter's been f- punching like he has a long sword because he has a long sword yeah, at you, level one. Yeah, but you don't have a long sword. You're punching with your knuckles. That And, and that would be weird. Then, unlike Sonic, you don't like to chuckle. <laughs> Yeah, the problem with the the monk is that they, uh, well, it's the same problem you have with basically every class, but the wizard is is they feel beholden to realism in a couple of weird points. Yeah, monks uh, need to just be. What are you? I am a punch guy. I do damage with punch. It doesn't need to be scaled up from like a D four. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about. Oh no, the monk does too much damage. He can't be disarmed. The other problem with the monk for me is that it's kind of a historic grab bag of nonsense like because it's based off the first edition monk which was literally one of Gygax's players had been watching a lot of kung fu the legendary journey and was like put this guy put carradine in here and they're like uh yeah all right so he has the powers of a carradine uh he becomes immune to diseases at a certain point for some reason and he he's good at not taking fall damage go go have fun whatever it's random yeah again Monks don't have a good enough theme mm-hmm. behind them for what their niche is. Yeah. That it ends up just being like, what are you? Oh, I'm a basically a shitty themed rogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a slightly worse fighter, guys. And also, it probably has, in 5th edition at least, the worst of any given uh, class choice. Oh, yeah. They're just... <sighs> Is it the four elements monk? I think is the the four the elements monk. absolute nadir of class choices. Yeah, it's just oh, fucking god. All of them are bad. Even the good monk choice is what does this do? Oh, it pretty much brings you up to about par, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, with some other classes if they made shitty choices. I would also say, and this is, uh, I- I'm not sure if you're going to back me on this one, but I feel like monk has a little bit of like an orientalism edge to it. Yeah, I was thinking about bringing that up that but yeah because it's like you know fighter is a pretty good job of being full-on neutral you could be like well I, I guess a samurai is a fighter unless you're in like third edition where there's a samurai class yeah uh and it's fine you can use the same fighter build to represent people from all nations but monk when you're like yeah i'm playing you know western monks so all of my i'm a gregorian monk <laughs> How much damage does my brewing Benedictine do? <laughs> so I'm a Franciscan path monk, and I was just wondering. <laughs> Can I befriend animals? or what are we... <laughs> Is that on my list? Or I'm not sure what you'd call them outside of monk. I, 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 I Just barehanded fighter. I mean, honestly, you don't even need to have monk be a separate class. Yeah, it could just, just be, be fighter. It could be a fighter or a rogue sub path. Yeah, either one could have fine. a, you do punches and it, like iron could get the one or fighter could be the one that's like, you know, your body hardening and you're really strong and like a tank where rogue could get the, you punch people in the back of the yeah, head. You've and they got fall like nerve strikes and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it could right. easily be divvied up. It's legacy is what it is. Yeah. So how you fix it? Fuck monks. They suck. Get yeah. rid of them. Speaking of legacy classes that the game probably doesn't really need. It's time for number 16, Rangers. Rangers, once again, suffer from we don't know what to do with Rangers. They're fighters in the woods, and they always have been. 
it's I understand that for a while they were like, oh, I guess in the same way that a paladin is a fighter cleric, the ranger is a fighter druid. Sure. But but fighter druid is a thing you can be. I mean that. But the problem with rangers is they never really knew what niche they should be as well. And I look if you use niche and niche now. I know. <laughs> uh, Both pa- correct, by the way. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever you want. Well, uh, being o- in trouble is a fake idea. <laughs> well, more the OED actually has both. Uh, I know. Yeah. So, so you're fine. I just oh, thought I'm it was fine. interesting. Yeah. Uh, but Rangers have been just sort of unknown for what to do. Where they're like, you should have a pet, but we can't make your pet good. Yeah. We. Well, you should be able to either shoot or dual wield, but not both. Yeah, it's a zeitgeist thing where you're like, okay, what what defines a ranger? Uh, either dual wielding or archery, uh, a crappy pet, spells you don't use, and a favored enemy. Yeah, all of which don't work very well because when you compare them to people that are just like, oh, this class has these generic things. Rogue has their like sneak attack backstab thing. Yeah, and you, it's very normal way to set it up as soon as you do it you get it Great. i mean the ranger has that it's a hunter's quarry or whatever you call it yeah but something like favored enemy is just like uh, why is this in here because it was in third and people like third edition and we're trying to get them i mean technically it's because it was in like first or second or whatever right. yeah it, it, it's been around for forever the the favorite enemy and it's one of those things where it's like this doesn't apply in a lot of situations so you kind of feel bad if you're like i pick giants and your dm's like you should not have picked giants but i'm not going to tell you yeah i mean especially when you look at the 5e ranger of you have to keep picking very specific things mm-hmm. that when you're not in them you're bad because you're, if you're like what are you oh i'm a ranger of the desert all right we're not in a desert well i guess my thing does nothing then mm-hmm. oh and what else oh i have a favored enemy for uh aberrant all right, we're not fighting any of those. Cool. Burn down these sacred cows and then eat their tasty charred remains. Yes, please. Ranger does not need to be in the game. And if you do put it in there, just make it the archer. Sure. You don't need to have it be like the weird woodland friend man. Yeah, I mean, the game kind of needs an archer position, and that's what Ranger occupies right yeah. now. But then it comes with all this weird baggage. I mean, honestly, instead of rolling everything into fighter, you could just say fighter's the melee guy and have Ranger be the ranged guy. Yeah. And that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, just just give fucking people a thing to do. <laughs> Number 17, Sorcerers. John, why is this here? Uh, I don't know, man. I thought you put that there. I thought you put that there. No, man. I don't really like Sorcerers especially because they're just a different, they're just a crappier variation on Wizards. Yeah. But, I mean. I mean, the one thing I want Sorcerers to have is... Are you, are you aware that I want them to have a theme? <laughs> but, I'm sure I'm sure you would like them to have a theme. I mean, they have previously had themes in 4th edition. You could choose between, what was it, Chaos, Dragon. Oh, you still do pick between yeah. that. You pick between uh, Dragon or the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why it's there exactly. I guess we don't know who put it there. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. Uh, if I'm going to say something I don't like about Sorcerers, it's again that they have too much shit that they could do and then they're limited to like three yeah i I would say that they were a a boring thing added in third edition to take extra advantage of the fact that in third edition most books with 90 percent spells yeah uh, it's true that have never been as good as wizards and they've always just been around yeah they've got a place in fifth ed as far as they're the people who get to do meta magic yeah and that's about it yeah uh, number 18, Paladins. Paladins. Paladins too good at the moment in D&D. I don't really want to fix them on the balance concern. I, I've got all kinds of like legacy issues with Paladins. I know you do because yeah. all of your thing is weird ephemera. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, Paladins got a little too much in this edition. I'm not the- just reviewing the fifth edition book. I'm reviewing a life of Dungeons and Dragons. I know you are. Yeah. Th- this D&D life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, I'm saying Paladins got all the good fighting and tanking of a fighter, plus they got the ability to burst damage. Self-heal. And self-heal, and 
you get better saves, and you got a little bit more than probably you should have, but the real problem with Paladins, of course, is the idea behind Paladin, where everyone has this legacy idea of, like, falling, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, fallen Paladins still come up constantly in discussion in in D&D, where people are like, oh, you've got to follow this weird moral code that hasn't been in the book since 2000, uh, or or you'll you'll fall and lose your Paladin powers, and... This no. is this is a class you shouldn't. Are you sure you want to play this class? This it, is for serious face only. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch you like a hawk to make sure you're appropriately chivalrous when I introduce lady NPCs. Yeah, the fact that, especially before when paladins are like, oh, you can only be lawful good. You're like, really? Because what if I'm a paladin of someone that isn't lawful good? Well, mm-hmm. fuck you, buddy. I mean, that's yeah. It, it, I would say is another, another legacy problem I had with Paladins back in the day was the Cone of Detect Evil. Yeah. Uh, where it was... That was, it was stupid. Your character turned into RoboCop. <laughs> just... I, I, played, I, I played in a game where a guy rolled the necessary stats to play a Paladin uh, on 3D6 drop down, which is insanely difficult. Yes. Or unlikely, rather. It's not difficult. Um, and he just played like RoboCop. He'd just walk into bars and be like, I'll use Detect Evil. Who are the evil guys? We kill them for XP. Yeah, just scanning, scanning, evil detected. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the, for, because we were 14 or something the dm was like yeah this makes sense to me oh yeah obviously uh, okay there's an evil guy in here please kill him please kill a random person in a bar who probably just got home from work and is having a tough time and he's he's got to provide for his family i mean sure he's evil but at the end of the day he needs to put bread on the table but the reason he's evil is just because in this system he's stealing from the company to keep his family alive mm-hmm. anyway fuck you <laughs> Murder that guy. Kill him. <laughs> so, so yeah, the legacy problems with Paladin are, are pretty well understood, but ultimately, would you say that this is a class that should just be corrected, or could it be done away with? I think Paladin is a correction class. Uh, the idea of the Paladin has much more of a clear concept mm-hmm. than some of the other ones that we've been like, you could probably get rid of. Mm-hmm. Because... At least in fiction and things like that, Paladin is a very specific type of, you know, holy knight. Sure, yeah. It's uh, someone who was operating in the service of Charlemagne yeah. for a brief period. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and everyone wants to play that. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so we're thinking that Paladin is a keep around, but it does need some toning. And the rest of it's just cultural stuff that there's no actual fix for. No. Just never say, I'll make your Paladin fall, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, all right, the next one up is uh, number 19, Warlords. And then in parentheses, it says, give them back, goddammit. Yeah. And that's the complaint. Yeah. Hey, uh, the thing I hate about D&D 5e is they took the Warlord out, and how you fix it is put the fucking Warlord in. Also, when you put them back in, be sure to put in good rules again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fourth edition Warlord. It just goes right you back into the game. Just slap him right just back in there. fine. He's got an AEDU system. No complaints. Ugh. Uh, no, the Warlord was one of the smartest ideas ever in modern Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Uh, the idea of a person who's like a tactical battle commander, who's like shouting out instructions and so on, uh, is regular. In, it's it's probably closer to what Aragorn is than Ranger. Yeah. Even though Ranger is basically the Aragorn class, because that one time he had a, st- a torch and a sword. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But but uh, we took it away because it had weird impopular or unpopularity issues due to crazy yelling internet people. Yeah, people who are like, you can't shout a hand back on. Like, dude, you can't cut a hand off in D D either. Also, you can't magic a hand back on. I don't know if you've tried that lately. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. This is a fantasy. <laughs> Hands don't come off in combat in D&D. That's not... I mean, sure, if you had, like, a Vorpal sword for hands. (laughs) And I do. Yeah, I call it my V-sword, but hand stuff? Is that a a weird thing to call it? I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. My hand stuff V-sword? My hand stuff V-sword. Hey, this is V-sword. What up? (laughs) Welcome to my YouTube channel. (laughs) Smash that like and subscribe. Number 20 has some subsystems to it, (laughs) but mostly it's multi-classing. Because there are some weird issues that have cropped up, honestly, also in 4E. It's never been. And they kind of held over into 5. It's never been particularly great. Uh, No, but I think they made it, starting with 4th edition, they made it much more restrictive than, say, 3rd. And then 
really leaned into that, I feel, in 5th edition for the design, there are a lot of restrictions on whether or not you can multi-class, which is the first, like, little subcategory. Yeah, I put weird legacy restrictions there, which is my excuse to want to talk about, like, how 2nd edition didn't make any fucking sense. But but you know what? I- I've seen the light, and I'm not going to talk about 2nd edition right now. No, but it still has stuff where you're like, oh, but you need a 13 and whatever thing. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was multi-classing into something, I'd probably want to be decent at it. Thanks. Yeah, to me that was, again, like a holdover from 2nd edition, where to multi-class into something, you needed to have a 17 in the stat of the class you were going into and a 15 in the one the primary stat of the class you were leaving. Yeah. Which was so wickedly unlikely, and yet they devoted so much page space to it. Yeah, having restrictions on the multi-classing is, honestly ties back into the whole ability score thing, where you're like, just let me, just, just let me, let do me the, fucking play a thing. Let me do. The, <laughs> I have an idea for a thing. Let me do the thing. I got a cool idea, and you won't let me do the thing. Yeah. Uh, the number two thing on here, which I absolutely hate for internet theory crafters, is the mandatory level dips. They have two levels for them. Eldritch Blast, yo. You're like, oh well, obviously, uh, if I'm playing a paladin, I take one level dip into Warlock for Hexblade, so now all of my attacks and damage are based on charisma instead mm-hmm. of having to worry about strength and dex and charisma. Yeah, no, it's it's a real problem. And then the the solution that seems to be cropped up on the internet, mo- for the most part, is, well, Paladin Warlock doesn't make any sense, so like, I'm no. going to ban it from the game. I mean... If you want to, I guess. But honestly, Paladin Warlock is fine. You've made deals with two different entities at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Or just one entity in two ways. Yeah, you're like, oh, I follow the ideals of this guy. And then also they contacted me and gave me power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm zealously devoted to you. Also, I'm contracted. (laughs) I'm hopelessly devoted to you. Now, if I could just think of any one god who only had one syllable in their name in in basic D&D. Sad. Hopelessly devoted to Bokob the Blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Groomsh. Hopelessly devoted to Groomsh was probably the right choice. So good job. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, mandatory level dips are dumb. Uh, If that's the They've had if to something fix this is so front loaded enough that you're like, oh yeah, I got a level dip, whatever to get a thing. Like, oh, I've got a level dip two into fighter for basically any class ever because action point or action surge is amazing. Yeah. Now remember in third edition where like not three point five, but in basic third edition where the best thing you could do for to play a ranger was to take the first level of ranger and then go do anything else for the rest of your career. Yes. Because you got like three feats out of doing it. Oh, yeah, and I mean, honestly, it's the same thing in current rangers. Like, take a level of ranger if you want to get all the weird ranger abilities, Mm -hmm. because you get them at one, and they're never good. They're as good at level 20 as they are at one, so just get them then, and then go be a bow fighter, because who cares? Yeah, and that's... It's a weird problem that it seems like they've had two additions to fix now, (laughs) and and instead they just doubled down on it. Yeah. So... That's weird. The last one I would say, uh, this is something I put in there that I don't even yeah, know how to defend exactly. We could just skip it if you want. Mm. But it was it's gish culture. I know a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of people who are like, I only play fighter mages, because that way I've got two levels of, of involvement with the game. Yeah. I want to be able to fight and have a sword, mm-hmm. but also I want utility things, mm-hmm. like spells, because mm-hmm. it's the only way that someone who fights can do anything. Yeah. So this game is basically asymmetrical skirmish tactics yeah uh where each person is contributing in different ways and i'm not a huge fan of having one player be like i contribute in four ways i'm fine with the idea of the gish but i prefer it to show up in a game where things are balanced because in in 4e let's bring it on back to that because why not? Yeah, there were uh, several Gish variations in 4E. Yeah, and you had ones that were just that. Like, if you were a sword mage, mm-hmm. you're like, great, you don't need to worry about multiclassing. This is your person with a weapon in one hand that also casts spells with the other. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want that as a cool guy, here you go. Notably, people would routinely complain that fighter mage was not a thing in 4th edition, uh, because you could you could multiclass down the, like, start with a fighter and multiclass down the, the wizard track by the feats. Yeah. But it wasn't very compelling. or int- you, you basically got a couple of wizard abilities you could use, like, once a day. Yeah. Uh, but sword mage was right there. It existed. It was definitely part of the, the, the but people were like, well, no, because that doesn't say fighter mage. Well, the other problem was, but that 
doesn't give me spells that break things. That's true. It gives me different damage options, and you're like, well, my dude. What I want is both the spells that break things and first access to the cool magic weapons. How do I get that? I want everything. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, multi-classing has a lot of problems. It does. And the solution in 5th edition, John, what would you th- what would you say like right now? I mean, in 5th edition, the if I was still keeping 5th edition around, I'd probably get rid of it. The game does not want you to multi-class. Mm-hmm. Like it very clearly is like, "Oh, you got to stay on the same track cuz you only count your, you know, extra attacks per that class thing, so you got to get to five before yeah. you get that. And the vast majority of multi-class choices are gimmicks. Yes. You're taking a few levels of something early on so that you'll have a gimmick that works later on in a different class. And it's not necessarily... Yeah, it's not really, this is my character concept, it's, oh, this is a ability I wanted. Yeah. Now, there's part of that that I kind of respect, because I do like playing D&D more or less with classes as something that don't exist diegetically in the game world yes but that's just me being crazy again hey john Mm. i feel like we've been talking for about an hour and five minutes yeah that's about as uh sore as my throat is Mm -hmm. so and that that is how i measure the system is by how sore your throat is oh yeah i've got a little uh light that goes up behind me and it just kind of (laughs) goes i was still i I always thought that that was the indicator that you were a cylon getting off is that am I, am I, I wrong? I always thought that was your horniness. Level. Yeah, is that what that is on Cylons? They have that horniness backlight. You know, on the, on their spine. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a horniness meter that they have back there. Yeah, right? they're like, I'm I'm getting free cums. <laughs> Cylons basically are robots that evolved from those love testers you see in bars. Oh yeah. So as you're banging them, you see this light go. It starts at cold yeah, if fish. You, if you get a Cylon to get their backlights to go all the way up to the neck, ooh, you're red hot, baby. <laughs> That's that's Cylons for you. And you know what? I feel like that's the perfect note on which to exit the show. Yeah, we are done with part one. We Of what seems like it's probably going to end up being four. Three or three four. Three or four, somewhere yeah. in there, yeah. Maybe I'll tighten up how fa- how much uh, digression I'm willing to go on, and we'll speed this along. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, probably I doubt not, it. Though. People like the digressions. That's... I know people like the digressions. I like ribbing you. <laughs> Uh, and i like being aggressively defensive i like being aggressively ribbed (laughs) (laughs) i don't that sounds awful Ooh, yeah baby rib me (laughs) it's for my pleasure where are you from chucklehead (laughs) Ooh, yeah i like it san luis obispo that place sucks all right next (laughs) you eh. (laughs) i'm not a very good insult comedian (laughs) insult comedian you you got hair that's dumb okay who else What are you wearing a shirt like an idiot? That yeah, shirt, fuck you. That's a shitty shirt. All right, all right, moving along. Next, next, next. Where'd you get that? The bad Man. shirt store? <laughs> Anyone here? Newlyweds? Sucks to be you. Okay, let's go. Yeah, being married <laughs> sucks. You got to be married. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you whenever we feel like making the next one of these because I didn't establish a timetable. Uh, Due diligence. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in a while. Have a good one. Yeah. D20s. Alignment grids. Several things. Several things.